0: going on everybody welcome back to everything in potterition because sometimes the internet can just be too much my name is colin sparling and i am your dm for this show other players please please roll initiative to see who does roll call next Ooh, i got Twelve. a critical one.
1: <laughs> oh, so uh you're not you're not on this show um i'm daily and i am uh el actually elf star a priestess and a witch
2: all right, and since I rolled a 1, I feel like my intro has to be uh really bad, right? So um hey hey guys, I'm i uh, I'm I'm here on this um this uh podcast. I think right I'm here I'm I'm here. That's me. That's my my name. Oh, my name um
1: Robert it sounds fake like I've known you for so long, but the way you just Robert. Yeah, let's go with that. I'm not convinced that's your real name anymore.
0: My name is Frank. Mm-hmm. Just just Frank. I, I so Elfstar is like I feel like that's like baby's first D&D name.
1: Okay, you're I'm, I'm gonna let you know about some D&D history today. And um, there's some some deep lore behind the name Elfstar who is a priestess and a witch.
0: Wait, is this like a being that you didn't make up?
1: This is this is uh, someone that uh, uh what's his name? Charles Chick, James Chick, John Chick. I don't know, oh, remember him. Mr. He, Chick. He's the, he's the guy who hates <laughs> D&D, right? He hates a lot of things, especially Catholics.
0: <laughs> I would <laughs> but assume definitely that D&D, he, D&D players. He was the inventor of chicklets.
2: No, nope. I, nope. I know about uh, Mr. Chick through one avenue, and that's a really bad movie where uh people it's like about high schoolers and these two high school girls are trying to get in with a cool crowd and the cool crowd is a bunch of kids who play D, not RPG. like smokers <laughs> or like cheerleaders. RPG. <laughs> yeah, and RPG. They, have, they, they become rpgers and then they take the um the, the like that's their gateway drug and then they get into the hard shit which is larping
1: yep <laughs> in the steam tunnels underneath the university of michigan
2: Mm-hmm. And then one of the friends has to kill the other friend, and then they just can't talk to each other anymore like even in normal life, it's really sad because, that's why is bad. she's
0: dead. This is a comic universe that I would read about where the nerd kids are actually the cool kids
1: okay. it was it was a comic originally. It was a what you call a chick track
0: mm-hmm. really?
1: yep, chick track, which is um, you might have encountered them uh if if you have those like at halloween the churches sometimes hand out chick tracks instead of candy about like how halloween is like actually about human sacrifice and stuff and that it's really ah. bad for us to celebrate it which um, let's
2: be fair is tr- anyone who knows halloween America, right, oh, yeah. of course yeah
0: all about that sacrifice yeah wait back up it's called a chick track.
1: a chick track um Named there's the a dude. ton of these um, that are available still to this day about and they moralize on various things like how you shouldn't play RPGs because it's a gateway to Satanism. You shouldn't um, trust in science because there's little demons on the shoulders of all scientists. Which is true. Um, and the, the Pope is a pedophile and stuff like that. Mm hmm. Wait before before we go any deeper, <laughs> Wait, Colin. Yeah. What the fuck
2: are <laughs> we talking about today?
0: Do, do you want to introduce this episode? Yeah, in case you guys haven't noticed, we're talking about dungeons and dragons. Rawr! Roll dice and and nerdy stuff. Okay, I got a fourteen. Um, seventeen. I got a fourteen too. Uh,
1: I win. <laughs> I don't know what this
0: is for, but we rolled. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, dungeons and dragons obviously all the rage right now a lot of people playing dungeons and dragons on the internet there's a lot of podcasts about dungeons and dragons there's a long history for dungeons and dragons and dungeons and dragons is the cool thing to do all the celebrities are doing it now you know imagine back in the day if if um i don't know give me an old actor G- james dean uh mm-hmm. played dungeons and dragons i i don't know give me another good marlon brando marlon Dick Bra- Van you Dyke. He, he, did, did you think dick van dyke played dungeons and dragons and i swear to god he should he just could have named his character dick van dyke and it would have been great because you guys remember that
2: classic scene in rambo like the first rambo where after after like killing hundreds of people with a machine gun uh rambo was like great now i can't wait to get back to my friends and play dungeons and dragons and he looked directly at the camera
1: and he winked Mm -hmm. and then he heard the sound of rolling die
0: you know, like the only reason he killed all those people, right, was because he rolled really well in initiative. Yeah, he did a mm-hmm. uh, Nat 20 on a machine gun check. Yeah. I mean, obviously, not everyone knows that. That's why there's four four Rambo movies. Four? Four. And the reboot that isn't a reboot and it's called wait, First Blood. Wait, no, there's Blood, no, because it was three. More... And then there was the fourth one, which was the reboot, I thought. Oh, is that one called First Blood? No, wait.
1: Well, it has the word first in yes. so it must be the first movie, right?
2: Yes. I, I'm just fucking confused. So, so,
1: and, then he, so, so. and then
2: he runs up the steps, and there's that song that goes like. And just kills everyone. Oh, wait. Sorry. I was thinking of the expendables.
0: Sorry, guys.
1: Wait. Sylvester Stallone. Please. Anyways, Dungeons and
0: Dragons <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> um, is the game that was invented by Vin Diesel, who plays in the Fast and the Furious series. Um and he he there's the point in the Fast and the Furious where he gets mm-hmm. he gets out of the fast car and and he plays Dungeons and Dragons and that's why um he's furious Vin Diesel is not in the second or the third Fast and Furious movie because he's playing D and D and D and D takes so long that he couldn't be in the second that's the fair second two movies he takes that's life
2: fair. a quarter turn at the time
0: it, yep a wow. quarter a quarter turn at the time um. And then and then he went and did Riddick, which I, this is this is a completely wrong timeline. But now he's in Ark, guys. He he's done playing D and D and doing Fast and Furious, and now he's in Ark too.
2: I mean, I think he's still playing D and D. Daley, you want to tell us the actual origin okay. story? I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, Vin Diesel. Um, I, I know Gary Gygax is Vin Diesel in a wig,
1: right? But let's right. pretend
2: Gary is a real person. He
1: he got buff, man. He he really uh, <laughs> got got his uh, strength stats up. I'm very impressed. No, okay, so. Prior to 1974, the idea of Dungeons and Dragons did not exist, but there was a very popular subset of gaming called war gaming, and this was reenacting various battles from like the Napoleonic Wars or even like the, the big ones, the Great War, World War II, etc. Um, and uh Gary Gygax and his buddy Dan Anderson were like, hey, you know what? We should make this a little bit more uh tolkien we're both really big fans the lord of the rings and the hobbit and what if we added fantasy elements to that so in 1974 uh the game the uh, tabletop rpg uh game dungeons and dragons was published by gygax um with a budget of two thousand dollars for the entire production um, and only a hundred dollars was allocated for art at the time which if you're familiar now with D, that's like such a cornerstone like you can commission oh, yeah. artists to just get like just a bust of your character and it's going to run you way over a hundred dollars
0: i mean to, so that's to be pretty fair crazy. like i mean not that this means much but that's also two thousand dollars and then also a hundred dollars in 1970s money which is a lot that's more true. Money than nowadays but, that's yeah, true still not a lot, inflation y'all you
1: still yeah. not a lot um it, and consider,
0: it was too
2: this was the 70s, right? So Lord of the Rings wasn't cool. No.
1: No. This yeah. was, um, there's, a, there's a fun story about um, Gary Gygax's wife. He was, uh, you know, he was disappearing into the basement with his buddies all the time. And she was like, you know what? They must be, I don't know what they're doing down there. I think he might be, you know, like cheating on me. He's talking about other women with his buddies oh and he's avoiding me. And she goes down there one day to confront him. And he's like, hey, so we're making this game. Do you want to (laughs) play? And And it was a sex game. And it was um, emphasis on the Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. No, it was just Mm. Dungeons and Dragons, the very first edition as we know it.
0: I want to know how long the uh, meeting was where they came up with the name. Dungeons and Dragons.
1: There's another fun story actually. He had many yeah. different um names uh in mind and the reason why we have Dungeons and Dragons is because his uh I want to say she was like 6 or 7 year old daughter was like I like that one, do that one and he's like okay.
2: I mean it works. It's a good name. And I mean honestly, my favorite part about the name is that everyone calls it D&D now, right? And D&D has that same poetic quality that like cellar door you know, it just sounds so good to say mm. like D&D, you D&D. know, it just it rolls off the tongue super well.
1: And it does, nowadays, it sounds you like instantly know what you're talking about. D&D. D&D Dungeons sounds and like a product
0: yes. you put on a door to keep it from squeaking. I think they call it WD-40. I was, it's close enough. I know. <laughs> I know. Warriors and Dragons 40K. Warriors and Dragons 40K. Yes. I mean, Warhammer is a pretty good name, too. We'll admit that we're war, yeah. hammered pretty it rolls off the tongue pretty easily
1: and you know what you're getting it's all about hammers yeah and war like yeah.
2: forging them
1: hammers fighting sl- each other i
0: got sledge hammers i got i got regular hammers to remove nails i got i got um um ball ping hammers i got i i don't know daily wanted to talk about forrest gump during this podcast so i'm trying to make this into a forrest gump
1: reference. <gasps> okay the reason <laughs> Y'all ready for me to go into? There is a connection between Forrest Gump and Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Do you want to know the connection? The very, very tenuous, tiny spider thread of a connection. Okay. So let's set the scene. This is the late 70s. The satanic panic is upon us, meaning that for some reason, um, Christian evangelicals and just the general populace were like, you know what? There's probably Satanists among us. They're probably yeah. doing shit. They're probably yeah. casting spells and burning babies it, and wait, stuff and like that. a lot that. of that,
0: isn't that thanks to... Uh, <clears throat> well, thanks to in part by The Exorcist.
1: It, yeah, there, there were... Um, Scary movies were ramping it up and becoming a little more um, uncomfortably realistic. There were actually um, genuine Satanist movements like um Satanism um, came into the public eye at the time. But um, this was kind of the um, QAnon of the day where it's like there's a mass conspiracy of Satanists among us, that kind of thing. Um, and it started uh, to to come to a head in uh, 1979 when a um college student named uh james dallas Eg- egbert the third there's three of him um he uh got lost in the university of michigan steam tunnels and steam tunnels are going to be a common theme um throughout the history of d related news stories unfortunately um and he was down there because he he was attempting suicide at the time um and he was later uh did commit suicide but his family was like why would he do this i don't understand he was you know a brilliant kid so they hired a private uh investigator who came to the determination that oh he was larping um in the steam tunnels oh. and so uh dnd made him suicidal
0: Mm. i i love uh mental health understanding from like the six like the 50s on through the 70s oh yeah it was just like oh he obviously was larping it there's no way it could have been anxiety or depression or anything like that real real solid
2: thank god now in the 2020s we finally fully understand and accept mental health as a society and no one gives you shit for feeling sad
1: yeah that's a totally um entirely true and undebatable statement i mean we have
0: shock therapy now guys it's uh, yeah yeah. Yeah.
1: it's fine we we have it figured out but um that private investigator um named william deer uh he actually wrote a account And profited off of this young man's suicide called um, The Dungeon Master. And then from there, a bunch of other people wrote books about how, um, you know, role playing and Dungeons and Dragons, you know, open you up to like really dark thoughts and curses and suicide. Um, And Tom Hanks, a very young Tom Hanks, I'm talking about um, this was in... 1982 i want to say so he he was he was a young man he was fresh off of big or before big i don't remember when big came out Mm. but uh he starred in mazes and monsters um wherein he played a young man that gets lost in some steam tunnels and cannot um separate reality from dungeons and dragons and he's like i have spells i can fly it's fine
2: did he become a satanist
1: Uh, he did not become a Satanist. But, um, you might become a priestess and a witch according to, um, the 1984 Chick track Dark Dungeons, which, um, kind of also, uh, you know, built off of this idea that playing D&D will make you, like, totally lose sight of reality and get really involved in your character. And if your character dies, like, Blackleaf the elven rogue did then you'll probably want to kill yourself in real it's life
2: like sword art online before sword like sword art online. Art online.
1: <laughs> if you oh die in the game you die in real life I that's guess so. um everything is sao a lot of this came down to i mean there was like a whole thing that this woman named patricia pulling started she she also uh blamed a dnd spawned curse a satanic curse that came out of playing Dungeons and Dragons for her son's suicide. So she started a um, a organization called "Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons." Bad. Is this is this basically Moms Bad.
2: against Dungeons and Dragons?
1: Yes. Well, I yes. thought it was.
2: Oh uh, is it mad dr- drunk driving? Right. Oh, wait it's still it fits yeah mad is drunk driving but it's also D.
1: but this mad is bad
0: Mobs against dungeons and dragons that's great <laughs> and she appeared
1: on there in 1985 there was a 60 minutes uh program um about dungeons and dragons in which they did interview gary gygax himself who was just like it's a game guys like it's it's the same kind of a game except it has more fantasy elements than you know some of the other wargaming things that people's grandpas were playing at the time but for some reason that's that 60 minutes segment um con- conclusively air quotes connected dungeons and dragons to over 20 murders and suicides so All
2: fueled by Satanism, if I had to guess. Yes.
1: Yes. All Satan is Satan- it, it, it you know, they, they have demons and devils in the actual game. And that's why in the second edition, any mention of demons or devils within the handbook was changed to fiends, so as mm. to try to separate from Satanism. Dun dun dun. You it's know, so, I, it's I, so
0: funny like that yeah. people acted like nobody ever played pretend before this game ever came out.
1: No. Well,
2: pretend no before one. was like cops and robbers, you know, and cops, they, there's no problem with cops, obviously. No. Um, that's true. There's quite a problem with cops right now in the country and all around the world, kind of. Um, but yeah, but you know, I, when, when we decided on this episode, because uh, I guess full disclosure, we don't know when we're releasing this because we have a plan to release it at some point, but with the way the country is right now, we might record other things because the world is the way it is. Uh, and we were hoping I was at least hoping that this episode would be kind of light, airy, a nice little distraction from the real world. Um, but I can't help but make this comparison. Isn't it kind of wild how Christian fundamentalists in the 70s and 80s believe a lot of uh, baseless conspiracy theories? And now t- 40 years later, same shit, different year. I-
0: <laughs> We've come full yep. d and I mean, circle.
2: Yep. D
1: QAnon
0: today, D D from the eighties.
1: I don't know. There's there's always Satanists involved. Apparently, mm-hmm. they they have a lot of power. Apparently.
0: Yeah, I Dark the, power. I mean it's so funny that when you look at popular culture in like the sixties and seventies, just like the rev up of just horror movies in general, yes, but also demonic themes in horror movies like in the 60s you had things like rosemary's baby coming out which by the way still a creepy ass movie nowadays it's still it's Mm -hmm. a pretty creepy movie um the exorcist which still holds up great but what's hilarious is if you look back at the history of the christian church they weren't even really aware that exorcisms were a fucking thing until the exorcist came out and all of a sudden lo and behold they have a bunch of cases of exorcisms which exorcisms were pretty much non existent in modern history <laughs> before then. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's, oh, well, this is a thing that can happen now because this guy said it could, so uh we better look out for this now. Obviously to explain how, mental illness, we can just say demons. Yeah, like pop culture really
2: plants the seed in a lot of people's more so than you'd think. You know, mm. when a movie gets really popular, you know, a lot of people Like, you know, Inception got really big about like you can manifest shit in your dreams. And then now we live in a world where, like, there's... A, I feel like there's just a, a bigger rise in, like, astrology. Manifest shit. Dream about it. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we have the the modern versions of that with, like, uh, you know, like, uh, San Junipero, the Black Mirror episode, or mm. there's a new... There's a new... Owen Wilson is back in movies, and he's got a wow. new movie called, coming out called... Wow. No, it's called uh, Bliss. And it's a very matrix feeling movie and it's very much based on like what like where technology could just build a world what if Ooh. so
0: you're saying modern conspiracies were started by the matrix sure
2: maybe i mean and in a more apt comparison to bring it all back home lord of the rings got really big in like the the mid-aughts and now like everyone has a dnd podcast
0: hmm yeah um, it's very true. And I think that is, uh, an important part of kind of the history of, of D and D, but kind of nerd culture in general. And if you listen to our star Wars podcast, this is going to sound pretty familiar, but there was just a time in like the, the mid to late nineties into the aughts that that's when nerd culture finally started to become acceptable. You know what I'm saying? Like there were, there were less people getting bullied because they were into things that were considered quote unquote nerdy um you know star wars the phantom menace comes out and there are people that are cosplaying and lions out the door and around the corner to get into theaters to see the new star wars movie uh you have soon after that lord of the rings comes out and just the fantasy explosion happens and now, nowadays you know or at least a couple years ago game of thrones was the biggest fucking show on tv
1: until it wasn't um,
0: until Uh-oh. it was, and then season eight happened and nobody talks about the show anymore um but yeah that all that is to say is, um because of that, people look back at d and d and they're like, "Wow, this is cool," And you know, people are playing d and d three point five was huge for a long time four four was fine. Five is great, and that's explosively huge and now, with the mediums like podcasting, which I'm going to throw it to Robert to talk about, hello, we have everybody and their brother making d and d podcasts. yeah, I mean, it's weird
2: how much actual play podcasts have gotten. Like they're just everywhere now you i mean if you at all click this episode because you were like oh cool we're talking about D," you probably have listened to an actual play podcast if not you keep up with some actual play podcasts like critical role the adventure zone dungeons and daddies which yeah that's real oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah gla- like that includes the guy behind rocket jump uh freddie wong um Yo. yeah uh fucking glass cannon is a, is a very long-running DD podcast and I don't know. I I'm really curious as to what it is, like in what it is in our brains that are like I want to listen to people do podcasts about D and D, or really any table. Like there's a lot that just do all sorts of tabletop, you know, pen and paper systems. Uh, and you know, part of it is this collaborative storytelling effort, right? It's not like like the DM has a sort of a script, but it changes based on what the players do, right? Yeah, and that creates a very interesting form of podcast entertainment that I think it gels well with podcasting in general because podcasting is improv. Like what we're doing right now, there's no script here that's saying like Robert's going to say this and then Daley's going to say that. Um, it, it's all improv. And D and I've always said this, D and D is improv for nerds. That's
0: mm. all it what is. What do you mean, Robert? I am totally reading off a Teleprompter, right? And that's the secret. Now,
1: of you need to speed up your <laughs> scroll speed, dude. <laughs> <But> yeah, <laughs> right. No. But yeah. yeah, it's uh, uh, it's it's really cool because um, it's very character driven too, which I know um is very appealing for you know just fandoms these days it's like i have x favorite character so that even if you're not super into the larger story you can get attached to these like specific characters and um that's that's what really set dungeons and dragons apart from other uh role-playing games um back in the 70s because it wasn't it was like you you have your entire army was the idea instead of like you have the entire french army instead of just like one dude going out adventuring and meeting maybe a couple of their guys and then becoming an adventuring party that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, D&D is all about, it's about experiencing your own hero's journey, right? Mm. Like when you think about real war, I mean, like, yes, the soldiers who have died in previous wars, they're all heroes in their own way. But rarely do you hear the story of like that one soldier who took on like a billion orcs and survive to tell the tale you know that kind of thing like that yeah is the kind of feeling dnd wants you to feel with your
0: bard or with your fighter or with your wizard you know yeah i mean and, and the hero's journey is is a tale as old as time itself as old as fiction itself um and it's it's so funny how that's sort of translated into well into video games later on but um D as as a show um, it's kind of like radio is making a comeback in a weird way, where like back in the '50s, you know, when and well, in the '40s and '30s, radio shows were huge because you listened to the talkies. <laughs> yeah, you listen to the talkies and the and the radio shows like like War of the Worlds, which by the way, people thought War of the Worlds was fucking real at the yeah, time. People freaked out. People freaked the fuck out because the radio was telling them that War of the Worlds was a thing, um, and. So now you fast forward to today and it's come like full circle where podcasts are basically radio shows. You're going out of your way to listen to talk shows and D&D podcasts in a way are also talkies or like radio shows. So um, and that they I mean, D&D already in itself is is telling a story and you're basically just putting a mic in front of those people telling that story. So it's also really easy content to make at the same time you know?
2: Oh, hard, hard disagree. Well, it's one. not
0: easy content. What I'm saying is, like, you're already doing D&D anyway, so you're shoving a mic in there, and yeah, you still have to have people that know how to put on a show, sure, but, you know, it's something that, you know, it's like, D&D, that makes so much sense, you know? Listen to other people's adventures. Right. You know, I mean, Daly and I can speak to this. We've DM'd. It's
2: not easy DMing, because, like, the, no. the, <laughs> for every hour that you spend, like, quote-unquote, playing the game, you probably spend at least three to five hours setting shit up preparing for like all sorts of situations doing the really boring numbers management stuff you know yeah. uh, so pod like honestly kudos to the people who do like especially the dms who do the weekly podcasts because that's that's a hell of a schedule like that's you're, you're a
1: god you're a god that has to calculate out everything, because um, there is there is math involved, y'all, when it comes what? to like people's hit points and the likely, oh, no, wait, I got to fudge the numbers here because this is going to be too easy. You got to, not only are you just generally improvising as you give voice to every other NPC that your players run into, but you also have to kind of, you know, be able to deviate um, from your own plan if things aren't going um, very well, because, you know, it it might not uh, be exactly what you imagined it to be when you put it down on paper
2: mm-hmm. and what makes it even harder for podcasts is on top of all that you need to have a good story with good characters because if you mm-hmm. don't like even if you do everything else right but your story is really boring no offense you're not gonna like get a lot of people listening because at its core like colin was saying a D podcast or any tabletop pen and paper rpg podcast is about the drama or the comedy, you know, the, the, the story shit that matters.
0: Yeah, very much. So I, and D, D I don't know when I, when I heard like people were doing D and D podcasts, I was like, you know, that's such a fucking good idea. That's such an obvious, like, wow. Why didn't nobody mm. do this earlier? And I, I feel like too, that, um, like from my, my time when I first heard, about heard about D and D, which is when I was like super young to now, where it's just like absolutely exploded. Um it's just so so crazy to me that that so many people like even the most casual of people now are just like, "Oh yeah, I listen to a D&D podcasts. It's like perfectly whatever." Um when those same people would have like years ago would have been like, "Oh my god, D&D? What's that? Is that a board game?" Hello? Yeah.
2: I mean, like, that, that's the most colloquial way to describe it. Is it's a board game, but, like, it's super not a board game, yeah. you know? When
0: I was young, I, my uncle told me about, about d and when I was, like, five years old, and I was like, oh, is it a board game? Because on his table, I saw miniatures. Mm. And, like, I was like, I just assumed it was a board game, but he's like, no, it's like a pen and paper thing, and there's math involved, and you're, like, making up a lot of it. And I was like, what? Oh. And I still didn't even grasp it until I played it for the first time when I was, like, 14. Do you guys have, like, a similar first experience?
1: Man, I I wish I knew about uh, D and D and just general tabletop RPGing back in like high school because like me and my friends would like make up stories with characters in a fantasy setting and we would like pass around papers and be like and then this happened and then this happened and then i don't know we gotta we didn't even think about dice at the time but that would have been a Mm. good way to facilitate it's like okay this 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 or this could happen let's rock paper scissors for it (laughs) right so uh i i think i had that natural draw to it but um instead i just did video games and jrpgs later on when i had access to that instead but um I I have gotten into D and D here in the last couple years, thanks to cool friends like these losers right here, and had a real good time playing. Yay!
2: Yeah, I mean, I only learned about D in college for for me, so I was like what nineteen ish. um But I I like it a lot, and just that it's D and D or most pen and paper RPGs cuz daily remember we played uh Lasers and Feelings which is very silly. That was fun. Very fun. Um, very, very silly. silly. Oh, yeah, I forgot
0: about, <laughs> would, about
2: that. <laughs> yeah, would recommend. Hey, play Lasers and Feelings if you're feeling it. It's pretty fun. Um really easy to pick up too. But what they are are just guidelines for storytelling, collaborative storytelling specifically, right? Um and you know, you it's always tough to find the balance for it. And this is what I love about with podcasts is there's a different tabletop podcast for everyone. Um, I think a really common distinction I like drawing is I believe uh, Critical Role, right? The Matt Mercer one is a lot more rules based and like the numbers are really in the spotlight and it's very technical and it's also a lot more dramatic and serious, right? Mm. You know, it, it's truly the drama type D&D show. And the people can be funny, but it's definitely like you're here for the story. Yeah. Whereas one like The Adventure Zone done by the McElroy brothers and their dad, um, that is like they commonly joke, you know, we try to follow the rules but we always fudge them up because we don't know the rules. Um, You would be so frustrated by that show if you were like, but they didn't even factor in the plus two from the great sword and shit because they don't give a shit about that. They're just there for like the goofs and the story. Right, and and there's so that like, and that I think is a good reflection of the so many different ways to play D and mm-hmm. D. Because like, you know, I DM stuff. I've DM'd a lot of campaigns. I've fudged numbers for sure. You know why? Because it ended up being funner at the end of it. But that's just how more I more like fun, to play it. Robert. Funner. Um, but for others they are like really hardcore, like, have you factored in all the numbers? You know, and it's just a good reflection of how malleable pen and paper shit is.
0: Yeah, I think that's the the best part about it is is D and D. Even if you're playing D and D, you don't have to be playing D and D. If that makes sense, if you want to play, I don't know, um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the the Fuck tabletop yeah. game, you just take D and D rules and you kind of mold that around the universe and I, see I what think, applies and what works.
2: I think there's also uh, Avatar: Last Airbender tabletop rules. Is there? I think
0: news to me if there is.
1: I don't know if those are official, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's I've, like a fan-made yeah. version. There's, there's a, there's a there's, fan-made...
1: Yeah, there's going to be a fan-made version of everything. Star Wars fans, there's going to be fan-made... Let's explore Tatooine. There's Naruto ones. There's Bleach ones. It's it's like... It's, if there's a universe, it exists. It's mm-hmm. one of those rule 34 dealios, right?
0: Yeah, but and the funny thing rules- is... There was um D&D is obviously heavily inspired by uh Tolkien, aka Middle Earth, aka Lord of the Rings. Um but there His wasn't name is Lord actually of the Rings. His name yeah. is the
1: Lord of the Rings. The Tolkien,
0: Lord also known Rings. as Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he is the Lord. Uh there wasn't an actual like D or um uh, D&D style uh Lord of the Rings role playing game until well after D&D was already a thing. Um and at the time they called it Middle Earth playing, I believe. Mm. I don't, I don't even think it was official. I'd have to look Strap this up. Wrap on your Hobbit
1: feet, y'all.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if it was officially licensed. It was just Middle Earth role-playing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the, the thing is, too, there, there have been a lot more official role-playing games that have gotten really big, too. I would argue partially because of Tolkien and D&D becoming big, but also just these podcasts making it really big. Because, you know, I've come across like uh, Apocalypse Powered by the Apocalypse, that's uh, a format that is used by like all sorts of games, but it's essentially based on two d six instead of a d twenty. Mm. Uh, there's Pathfinder, which is basically D anD D three point five if it kept going in that direction instead of D anD D point f- like V five. Um, and then Pathfinder split off into Starfinder, which I hear is just okay. Um, is so that there-
1: like sci fi esque?
2: Yeah, it's space. Mm. It's space Pathfinder. You find basically. you find stars. Yes, um, and there are so many systems that can fit your needs, or that you just want to play with. And then there's all the one sheeters, like lasers and feelings. This is a one sheeter. It's just like a one page of rules. Just read them real quick, and you get it. There's yeah. also like dr- Drunken Bear Fighter is another one where you just get your characters get drunk and fight bears.
1: <laughs> I remember like trying to. It was like we just had like a like an hour and a half, and we were like, let's just let's just play something that we can all play, and. It was like, do we want to to fight bears, or do we want to go to space and talk about our feelings? And I, mm. I, in the end, space and feelings won out. But um, there, I'm sure there's occasions where uh, the the drunken bear fighting would be most appropriate.
0: Mm. Absolutely. I I just want to uh, kind of riff off that point for a second too, where the, I remember the first time someone had told me a story about D and D, right? And the way in which you talk about D&D when 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 telling someone else the tale of what you experienced, it's taught it's told from the first person perspective. Like I did these things, right? Yeah. So like, you know, Robert, you know, fucking wrestled this bear and then I like rolled to fucking tie it up mm. and carry it back to to get some sort of bounty or something like d- somebody was talking like that. I was like, what, what do you mean you did that? Like, you mean like your your character? like you played in this game like yeah like I I fought I fought a gigantic werewolf and it was and I sliced its head off and I'm like oh like how do how do these things happen in this game I don't understand until I played myself mm. and, and you so, did
1: fight a gigantic werewolf he did not behead him though
0: That's that's true I did I don't know I don't even remember what I did to him I think I hit him with a butter knife or was that someone else
1: no that was a uh, that was Zach's character stabbed him with a butter knife
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. ah right but, but yeah you know could, just, uh, the ownership over the characters is right. is amazing
2: but couldn't you extrapolate that to like all games in general like both you, you know r- real life sports games but then the video game like even if you're playing a character like Geralt like when you slay a big beast and you tell your friend about it you're not like oh yeah Geralt slayed this beast it's like no I played as like I was Geralt and I fucking killed that beast it was great um or with soccer you know, it's not like you say, oh,
0: my foot scored a goal.
1: Oh, dude. yeah.
2: <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like I scored the goal.
0: Yeah, well, I, I should color a fly. So this was at the time when I thought that D&D was just a board game. Mm. So here I was thinking, like, you rolled this dice, you moved on a board. And then, yeah, you, oh, were, told like, you were fighting a werewolf. But I was
1: yeah, you got, impressed like, the by the level characters, of characters where it's like, Colonel yeah. Mustard did this.
0: Right. And so, like, um, I was impressed by the level of detail in which they were telling like yeah like i did a front foot flip, backflip off the wall and landed on top of this goblin's shoulders and then ripped its head off mm. uh, because i i didn't it didn't i didn't know that that's like that's the way the dm explained it to me i thought it was just like no you landed on the space and they have it so detailed <laughs> that they have a card where you read this shit <laughs> for sure that's how detailed it is yeah. yeah
1: With without that same kind of like um creativity and flourish that you can personally put on things it's like Um, you know, instead of drawing a card and being like, oh, I can, you know, slice into the werewolf. It's like, I can, um, I remember I had this butter knife with me that I picked up in a totally different place. Maybe it's made of silver. Can I try to stab this gigantic werewolf with it? And it's like, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things about these pen and paper RPGs is that when you compare them to any other medium, right? Like a movie anyone can watch a movie and walk away with a very similar, if not the same, experience, right? With D D, even if like if all three of us went to a different like our different group of friends and had like different people making different characters, but we all played the same campaign. Like if we all played Curse of Strahd or something, right? We would all come back here to this podcast where we're all meeting around the big table and we could tell the stories about how we beat this boss or how we figured out that puzzle, but it would probably be radically different or at least there would be minor differences. You know what I mean? Because who you're playing with, you're, you're creating this, this space and time where it's something that only you're experiencing, only you and your friends are experiencing mm-hmm. it in that moment. It's really hard to recreate that. And that might also be why podcasts are so cool for this because it's like peering into a moment in time where these people are creating an experience that only they are you know, feeling and doing, but you can now listen in too. It's very voyeuristic in a way. Yeah, you. it's
0: basically broadcasting the whole, uh, you had to be there experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and that I mean people love that it feels like you're part of a club like you're part of the the circle You know the um, secret yeah. circle
1: where and, and, we do Satanist things
0: Yeah, and D&D stories are always so much fun to talk about like they're so ridiculous. I'll never forget my first like Memorable moment in D&D which was I think it was like 14 or 15 I was playing with my my cousin and my little brother and one of my cousin's friends and What had happened was I rolled a cleric, but I rolled really shitty on my gear so nice. I had a mace, but then all I had for a shield was a buckler. So it's just like a shitty little buckler. And I remember one of the other characters we were playing with, he was uh, a pickpocket. So he was like pickpocketing some innocent person on the street in the middle of this town. And I was like, oh, well, I roll to see him. And I ended up seeing him because my perception check was good. And I was like, I'm going to sprint at him. I'm just going to like dash at him and tell him to stop what he's doing, like pickpocketing the one and so he's like yeah so so my cousin's like okay so basically what you do is you pull up your buckler and you pull it up so high that you're covering your eyes and then you blindly dash at him <laughs> and then mm-hmm. he that's the beauty yeah, of it and then he trips you <laughs> and then as you trip and fall you pull down the pants of some innocent bystander and while they're <laughs> exposed you <laughs> your fray, you're the guy that you're going after gets away <laughs> <Jeez>. yeah <laughs> So I'll never forget yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm sure
2: if you play D and D, you probably have a fun story like that too, right? And that's, I don't know, I th- I think that's kind of magical. That's that's something that you won't get out of an Assassin's Creed, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. Video games don't quite uh, make it to that that level of creativity. It it definitely fills some of the role playing hole, and I think. Um, that's why maybe D&D has become so prolific as it is now is because we've already kind of done d and d light through playing um, mainstream RPGs. Um, you know, everyone knows Skyrim. It's like, oh, this is like Skyrim, but pen and paper. And while that's kind of a reductive comparison, it's still like a good starting point. Um, mm-hmm. I, You know, the same way that we were talking about, you know, once the Lord of the Rings movies came out, fantasy became um, more... Uh, you know, normalized because it was accessible, because people knew like, oh, yeah, elves, Legolas, dwarves, yeah. Gimli, etc.
2: Yeah, and I think one other thing I like about the way the internet's interacting with D&D and tabletop in general is that it's never been easier to play D&D with friends. I mean, especially right now because of the pandemic, but just in general, via the internet. Like, just set up a Zoom call, set up a Discord server, Even Skype works if you have to use it, and that's kind of all you need to start playing a game of D and D. You know, I mean, obviously the DM needs to set up the world and all that shit, and everyone needs to make their characters, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to be in the same space around the same table anymore. Obviously, that experience is better. That's what I would prefer, but the fact that you can just do it from any, from the comfort of your home, from the comfort of your desk, is. Really, I don't know. It's a great thing that the internet has done for D D. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: accessibility. Yeah. You don't even have to mm-hmm. buy like fancy die. Like you can just Google like roll a twenty, and it'll do that for you on Google.
0: Yeah, yeah you just need a, you just need a computer and an internet connection, and you can you can play D and D, which is especially good in a time like now. You know, because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um Yeah. And I mean, there's also those tools
2: like Roll20, Mm -hmm. great tool, right? Or uh, map tools or even like D&D, Wizards of the Coast themselves, they did, what is that like D&D Beyond, where you can like make your character, like you have an account and you can create your character on the account and then like you join games via D&D Beyond and it's all Mm -hmm. like tied to your account. And that's, I don't know, that's cool.
0: I think, uh, Robert, you're kind of like playing into something too that uh, I I think overall D&D is just cool now. It's the in crowd cool people play D&D and uh, a lot of people are getting into it because of that um, and so like what do you why do you guys think D&D is so cool now and like why we're getting so much D&D media and stuff like that
1: it's okay to be a nerd <laughs> honestly um, I,
0: I do think
2: that's the biggest one
1: yeah it's, I think it's, so too. it's it's less about like having a niche interest and I think D&D has now just become more of a this is something fun to do with your friends
2: mm-hmm and i mean because we live in a world now where you know i mean even back in the 80s when it was you know the jocks versus the nerds you know there was always that mantra of like but the nerd is going to be your boss in the future right uh that is more true than ever because the nerds rule the world F- fucking mark zuckerberg jeff bezos fucking uh dorsey yeah elon musk like the nerds don't just they're not just your boss they literally run the world if you own a smartphone it's because nerds you know what i mean um so we you know being a nerd has been cooler than ever because now nerds are like the modern day you know oh you're gonna grow up and you're gonna make it you're gonna make the smartphone too you know um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and with that just comes nerdy things are cooler now like it's you know I mean it's it's cool to lift weights get fit get fucking yoked and be a pro athlete and football man or whatever but it's also kind of equally as cool now to like D&D to like yeah. Star Wars to like Lord of the Rings I mean
1: por que no los dos? we got we got uh Mr Mr. Uh, Vin Diesel and mm-hmm. uh Joe fam- Magliaggiano famous- Manimo
2: Famous for his role in Arc Two.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, Arc Two Man and um, what was he in? True Blood Man, who was also Big Buff Man. Uh, both big D and D players. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I, <laughs> uh, I think the the big reason what it all stems from is like with the advent of the internet, right? And then eventually we get into like smartphones and things like that. I think a lot <clears throat> a lot of the acceptance of nerddom actually stems from the general availability of information, right? Because at a base level, the, the idea of being a nerd, especially back in the day, was like, you know a lot about things. You know a lot of trivia. You know a lot about, I don't know, engineering. Something you just know a lot about, right? And so, like, now that there's such an availability of information, every, everyone base level could be considered a nerd because they know a lot about one thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because now, now it's the, the idea of being a nerd is now attached to some other noun like I'm a sports nerd. I'm a a video game nerd. You know, I'm a Nintendo nerd. I'm a I don't know, a music nerd. But we we um, don't say anime nerds cuz those are weebs.
1: Yes. <laughs> There's its own word for it.
0: Otaku, <laughs> thank you very much.
1: Oh, right, 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 right. right
0: Yeah. But no, I I mean and that's why I think that you know, things like D&D are cool now and that's also because of the internet because uh, you know, back in the day people like to talk about oh you know people are just on their phones all the time they're so disconnected from each other be sitting in the same room and just tap tap tapping with their thumbs on a screen and now we have stuff like dnd that is very personal and very like interacting with people and creating a story together and very social um and i think people more than ever kind of yearn for that sort of thing especially in a pandemic too
1: yeah (laughs) please someone socialize with me
0: (laughs) oh we're not good enough for you so is that what yeah. this
1: is right now? Yeah, more yeah. people you're, you're, socialize you're, you're with first, me. Folks. Please, we're not
2: good no. enough
0: for we're not good enough for daily.
2: No, but I I am also really excited about the future of D and D, right? Because it's only going to get more accessible and I think cooler, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for one, there's there's that new D and D thing coming out that you campaign or something daily, right? Like there's a something... book.
1: There's a booklet. It's candle something. I couldn't find yeah. it. Twitter <laughs> wouldn't load, but I've seen oh, it no. around on Twitter. <laughs>
2: yeah um so there's that you know so there's a, i mean you know there's always going to be a new campaign or a new you know rule book to to play with right um but there's also like obviously going to be more podcasts for sure i ran into one yesterday called not another D podcast so even the podcast world is becoming self-sentient they, they about,
1: realize
2: yeah yeah self-aware <laughs> They're becoming and self-aware um but then there's also video games Funny enough. I mean, like back in the day, right, there was Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, and today there's Baldur's Gate 3, um, which is, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of other CRPGs that are very DD focused or based, but, you know, what's fun, what I really like about Baldur's Gate 3 is the story behind it, right? Because Larian Studios, one of my favorites, they make, you know, Divinity 1 and 2, fantastic uh, games, um, which are basically DD, but not DD. And then, Wizards of the Coast were like, "Hey, do you want do you want to make Baldur's Gate three? Do you want to make D and D?" So Baldur's Gate three is it will, when it's done, probably be the most faithful recreation of Dungeons and Dragons in a video game format, which is very exciting.
1: You can throw whatever you want to throw. If you have it on your person, you can throw it. You Who can throws shove a shoe? your friends.
0: <laughs> Who throws I. A shoe? I I, you know, I can live out my fantasy of wanting to throw buckets at everybody. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm.
2: Oh, and even cooler. I don't know if they're implementing it, but in Divinity Original Sin 2, they have that, that like DM mode where you can create your own story in the game and then invite your friends and play it through the Divinity system. If they implemented that in Baldur's Gate 3, which I don't know if they will... But if they do, that's basically another a, a competitor almost to Roll Twenty to D and D Beyond, you know. Mm.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying is D and D is dying. It's going to go away within like the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. The oh, yeah. really faltering for it. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we're going to be seeing D and D in any sort of shape or form. In, in and
1: no. And it's it's definitely not going to you know move on to new, never before seen mediums like television. Um, I'm pretty sure that, uh, that whole TV live action project that's being helmed by the director of the John Wick series is totally going to crash and burn, but there is a Dungeons and Dragons based TV series in the works, which just to me sounds like fantasy series, which we know we're getting a Lord of the Rings fantasy series as well. It's almost like fantasy is gonna, is gonna be a thing in the next yeah. couple of
0: years i mean fantasy and sci-fi are going are already starting to explode on tv i mean you, a lot of that can be attributed to the success of of game of thrones vampire especially. diaries i mean uh, if,
2: if we're looping sci-fi in dude i think that's exploded on tv for a while now you got star trek
0: i mean well, mainly yeah. star trek
2: but also Battlestar galactica everyone wants that fucking uh right. the one that was canceled after one season firefly you know
0: <sighs> yeah yeah but i mean game of thrones was just explosive i mean it looped in everybody like even people that were like wouldn't even consider themselves into that sort of thing and it did know? have
1: dragons in it and dungeons and sex right. and sex yeah, lots, so, lots of lots <laughs> of the three of those just constantly combined
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i think like the series with with lord of the rings and then all just the fucking baker's dozen worth of star wars series we're about to get on <laughs> disney plus like we're just we're just being inundated and, it, and it's great more people are getting into nerdy shit and it's awesome
2: yeah i mean i think the more people who watch that kind of stuff like even even if you would call them quote-unquote normies right if they they watch more of that they're gonna be a little more open-minded to like dnd because i you know i totally get the um the aversion sometimes to dnd because it's like oh you guys are just the, the playing and pretend Well, not only that, but just like, that's fucking lame, dude. Why would you just like pretend to be an elf? You can like go play Witcher 3, you know, like they're video games now, man. Um, And, you know, in some ways I get it. Like some people need the video game to create the world for them and then they can explore it. But I really do encourage more people if you haven't played D&D, just play with it. Even if you're not a very creative or imaginative person, it's a good way to flex those creative muscles. And to just let your imagination run free as if you were a child again. And a and a box could be your fort.
1: Can we make box forts a thing again? In D D you can. Can just in real life can I I need a box. I need to go i fi- am I'm gonna go find a big box, guys. Yeah. Bye.
0: Daily all you gotta do is not pay your rent and you'll be mm. in a box fort all you want.
1: Oh, that sounds exciting. That's a bonus. I can also very <laughs> real. Whoa!
0: <laughs> also help.
1: <laughs> also um, help me. I live in a box.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, D D and D is just. I I just love the general acceptance now of nerddom that we have. It's uh, it's something that you know the old head nerds especially be like. Yeah, back in my day, you know, my I would get swirled in the in the school bathroom because you know I wore I wore a a Lord of the Rings shirt and. People did didn't ma- like that. Is that happened? Did
1: that would- happen? With swirlies or no, you, Lord, Lord Colin, of the Rings? Did, did you get
0: bullied for liking Lord of the Rings? I would. I, I don't think I ever got bullied for liking Lord of the Rings, but I did get bullied once because I like to wear band shirts. And when I was in middle school, somebody gave me shit for Someone it. Someone
1: didn't like your band. It was Metallica.
0: Like oh, one of the mainstream them? bands the most in existence.
1: band. It's like hey fucking sucks
0: yeah you're like so <laughs> f- f- fucking like you got lyrics on the back you fucking weirdo <laughs> Like, what is your problem do you like do you not like music do it do people not like music,
1: music? is lame
0: it's, it's, <laughs> who it's, likes it's, music it's, who fucking likes things wow did, <laughs> did, did he weirdo did, did that bully commit assault and battery i don't know he's probably doing some dead-end job in my podunk hometown Oh, I'm no. sure.
1: Maybe but. he's playing D&D <laughs> with his buddies on the weekends. Yeah, Maybe he's a nerd now, too.
0: Were you bullied because you liked D&D or some other nerdy thing? Write it into us and let us know your story. We will put that person on blast.
2: And, you know, I think this is a good time to reveal that we are starting our new D&D podcast next week, and we're calling it I Can't Believe It's Not Pathfinder. Yeah. Oh, my
0: <laughs> right, guys? God. Our, yep. Yep. I D&D thought it was going to be something involving the name Grundle because you name everything Grundle. <laughs> I, hate I it. haven't
2: named a D&D character Grundle, but I did name my Animal Crossing character Grundle.
1: And the island.
2: No, I named that one Enya. Like the letter, the capital letter N with the squiggle over it.
1: Oh, you did, didn't you? Oh, mm-hmm. well, Enya.
0: But yeah. I didn't mm. mean to cut you off. That's Enya, oh. right? No, that's, no, that's good. That's right. <laughs> no, Enya is that sail is- away,
1: sail away, sail away.
0: Anyway. Uh, that's okay. what
1: i'm gonna do now <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah i'm gonna sail away and start signing off this podcast unless you guys had anything to add
2: uh, i just want to say tm on i can't believe it's not pathfinder oh uh, you uh, don't
1: please don't steal <laughs> yeah, TM, do not TM, steal TM. original is mine don't <laughs> steal
0: what's your what's your okay real quick what's your class of choice D D. go uh oh.
1: sorcerer or rogue druid. I want to talk to animals.
0: I I was like the battle cleric. I only because I couldn't play a proper battle mage in three point five. Mm. Yeah, there was no, I was like, I want to play the battle. Like, be a cleric. You have to do like religious shit and all that. And I'm like, eh, eh. Okay. why? <laughs> I just want to I mean, cast
2: spells and hit things. You you could do paladin and then be an oathbreaker.
0: Oh i learned something yeah, you piece today. of shit oath breaker well, that, are
2: paladins hard to play i always told us that paladins were hard to play well paladins are annoying to play because they have to be lawful good because you believe in a god or whatever but then you could just say actually fuck that and uh you break your oath <laughs> and you get weird different bonuses
0: i, I just want to be i just want to be gandalf i just want to be a wizard with a sword okay all right yeah. good all right he's my well, favorite star wars character <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Right into th- right into us, what your class of choice is, and also if anyone bullied you for liking D and D, let us know. <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. put them on blast.
2: E- emails and sense. socials down below.
0: Yeah, emails and socials down below. Everything in pod at gmail.com at everything in pod and the social medias. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope you're having a good uh good good 2021 so far. You know, minus the whole coup thing. You know, because that's uh, uh, D twenty twenty one. Yeah, D- oh. D- D- 20,
1: 20.
0: Thanks, everybody. This has been everything in Potteration. Bye.
2: I'm surprised. I feel like cats walking on you is like the thing you need to go to sleep.
1: Like, I do need to have a cat nearby, but Mango was like, hey, I caught and killed this stuffed mouse, and I need you to look at it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I looked at it. I looked at it five different times during the night, and then Mako needs to be in a certain position, and he will paw at you and try to move you until you are, uh, out of his way mm, and then oh Nala's God. weird and way too heavy to be doing the things that she does and she licked my eyelashes and it was weird for everyone nice. involved
0: nice you <laughs> thought she was doing good by licking your eyelashes she was cleaning she your eyelashes daily
1: she was helping right
0: the eyelash eating cat
1: that's a it. horror
0: novel by roald dahl <laughs> Stephen My King. Oh, I was
1: going. <laughs> that does sound like
0: that would be like up his My alley, doll though. doll of all people. I would believe
2: it.